the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we're going to bring you part four in our new series, The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us, not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these uncertain times. As we enter this brand new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Delta and Omicron variants. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, and the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed and thank the Lord for this other opportunity to share the good news with people out in the Bay Area. And we want to thank you for letting the Lord use you with that introduction, as always. And we thank everybody for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, uh, we are dealing, as Brother Gary said, with the God of all comfort. And boy, do we need comfort in these times by which we live. Trouble everywhere you look, everywhere you go. Uh, trouble everywhere you uh, experience. And yet, in the midst of it all, we have some good news. Good news. We have a God of all comfort. And uh, tonight, I'm going to kind of come at this thing from a different perspective and talking about the God of all comfort. And uh, I want to talk about uh, some things related to uh, the uh, attributes of God uh, as it relates to the God of all comfort, the attributes of God. Now, the big question is, what do we mean by the attributes of God. Well, we're talking about his unique qualities, his unique qualities. And, you know, for example, you know, what is God like? And uh, he is a 
God of love, and he tells us to be people of love, and we see uh, what we demonstrate through the power of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22, the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, joy, all of those uh, qualities there uh, is, uh, fits the qualities of God. So when we are uh, possessed by the Holy Spirit, we uh, bear fruit and uh, living those qualities out in our lives from Galatians 5 and 22. Now, uh, many theologians have called uh, this two terms, and they call it, number one, the non-communicative attributes of God. What do we mean by the non-communicative attributes of God? We are talking about the attributes by which God alone shares. In other words, he is God, and no one else shares that uh, quality. And uh, there are some other things that I want to share with you uh, that uh, I will talk about in relationship to that. Uh, and the communicative qualities of God or attributes of God. And what do we mean by the communicative attributes of God? We are talking about uh, the uh, attributes by which uh God and we share both with him, like I was talking about Galatians 5 and 22, and kindness and love and joy and peace and all those things are uh, qualities from God. Now, uh, this is what I want to kind of like uh, share with you in relationship to the non-communicative attributes of God, and I want to talk to you about, and hopefully I can get through most of them. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about there are five things we need to learn about God in the new year that we can find peace, strength, and comfort in. There are five things that we can learn about God in the new year that we can find peace, strength, and comfort in. Now, what are those five things? Well, uh, and these five things, again, make note of this. These five things relate to his uh, uh, non-communicative attributes that God shares alone. Now, um, and I would say that the last one, uh, we can say that kind of deals with the communicative uh, attributes when I get to the fifth point, <clears throat> but the first four is exclusively to God. Now, the first one is that God attribute and God's character is that God uh, is uh, a God of omniscience. He's a God of omniscience. I mean, that's spelled O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T, omniscience. Now, what do we mean by that? We mean by that that God is all-knowing. And uh, since he's all-knowing, nothing takes him by surprise. Isn't that good news? Nothing takes the God that we serve, the God of the Bible, nothing takes him by surprise. Now, uh, when someone gets cancer, that takes them by surprise. Get diabetes, takes them by surprise. Somebody have a brain tumor, takes them by surprise. When somebody uh, even gets sick, 
It takes them by surprise. Somebody get the COVID, Omicron, that takes them by surprise. And, uh, you know, let me say this, my friend. Don't you know that uh, this uh, these variants that we are experiencing, you might as well get prepared. It's going to be like a common cold. You know, it's going to come and go. And they are talking about now a new variant. And they're going to constantly talk about another new variant. And it's going to get up to 17, 20, uh, 30, 40 different variants. But you know what? No matter what comes and goes, don't you know that God that nothing takes him by surprise because he's a God of omniscience. He, he knows all things. He knows it from the beginning and the middle and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. Now, oftentimes when we talk about the alpha and the omega, we realize it's the beginning and the end, but don't you know that he's a God also uh, that's in the middle. <laughs> How often do we talk about that when we talk about the Alpha and the Omega? He's a God that's dealing with everything in the in the beginning, uh, in the middle, and the end. So if he's the beginning of all things and creating all things, and he knows all things because he made all things, then he ends all things, and he knows all things in the middle. And how often do we hear people preaching on that. They always preach on, you know, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. But you better put in there too, my friend, that he is also a God that is in control, not only in the beginning, but in the middle, he's in, you know, and in the end, that he's the alpha and the omega. He knows all of that. He knows it. And so nothing takes him by surprise. And, uh, we need to prepare our hearts for this and be aware of the fact that uh, people get surprised by so many things, uh, even a death in the family. When a death happens in the family, it's a big surprise. And it can be a wife, it can be a husband, it can be children, it can be relatives, uh, it can be a close friend. Uh, but you know, you get, we get surprised by so many things, you know, but nothing, nothing takes the God of the Bible by surprise. Even if you don't have a job, don't you know that God knows that and he's involved with you not having a job or not having enough money, but you keep the focus on his promise, not worry about the fact that you don't have a job. You keep the focus on his promises. And he says in Philippians 4 and 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That means all your need. He will supply it because he's a God of supply. Now, so remember, you have a God on your side that knows everything in advance he knows everything that's behind in the middle, in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. So we have great comfort in that. And the second thing I want to open up uh, in terms of his attributes, and we will pick up with that next time, is he's a God of omnipotence. 
He's omnipotent God. That's spelled O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T, omnipotent. He's a God. That, what does that mean? That means that he's an all-powerful God. That means that he is in control. He is on the throne, and nothing takes him by surprise, and he's not out of control. I mean, things in the world can get out of control, but we have a God that's in control. No matter how many things happen in your life that is out of control, we have a God that's in control. He's on the throne, and that's very comforting. The devil is not in control, you know, even though it looks like he is. God is in control. Now, let's take great comfort in that. And this is my prayer for you. Lord, help us to repent right now of not trusting you to know all things. We repent also of not trusting you and and believing that you are in control. And we just humble ourselves before you right now, Lord. May you continue to remind us that you're omniscient, you're omnipotent, you're on the throne, you're all-powerful, and uh, nothing takes you by surprise. You're God that is all-powerful. Jesus said, all power is in my hands. And we must believe that, believe it, receive it, and achieve it. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. <clears throat> Once again, we'd like to thank all of you who have been faithful listeners to Contending for the Faith, and especially those of you who have been faithfully praying for this ministry. It is a prayer-driven ministry, and without your prayer prayers, we wouldn't be on the air right now. We know this. And so we encourage you and we ask you and we we just need those prayers to keep consistently going up. In addition to that, we want to thank all of you who have generously given to this ministry. It is a listener-supported ministry, and we always need your support. We can't do this without you. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And we're caught up right now, but we've got we to gotta stay caught up. We've got to stay consistent. So we want to <clears throat> encourage you to be consistent in prayer, and be consistent in your giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's C-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. 
click on the donate button and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to encourage you to take advantage of our podcasts. So if you ever miss a specific broadcast where we're in the middle of a series and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I missed part four or I missed part two, you can always go to kfax.com, go to the top of the page, the banner, and look for Contending for the Faith, and you'll be able to see all of our podcasts and be able to take advantage of all that information. So all of those sh- shows that you may have missed, those uh, messages that you may have missed, they're all there. And you can utilize them for Bible study. You can utilize them for your prayer meetings. Or It's a great resource. I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. And uh, just also let you know that coming up on Sunday, February 13th, at the 8 o'clock and 11 a.m. service, Dr. Buckner will be speaking at the Paradise Baptist Church, located at 9670 Empire Road, <clears throat> Oakland, California, 94603. That's Paradise Baptist Church, 9670 Empire Road, Oakland, that's Sunday, February 13th, at both the 8 and 11 a.m. services. Then the following Tuesday and Wednesday, he will be doing uh, seminars there. That's Tuesday and Wednesday, February 15th and 16th, between 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. on both nights. He'll be doing a seminar um, on the Black Hebrew is- Israelites. So you won't want to miss that. Take advantage of that. It'll be a great opportunity for you to meet Dr. Buckner and be blessed by all of his years of training and teaching and get great information. Uh, You won't want to miss that. So once again, Sunday, February 13th, both services, 8 and 11 at the Paradise Baptist Church, 9670 Empire Road, Oakland, California. And then that following Tuesday and Wednesday, February 15th and 16th at 7 p.m. So be there and meet Dr. Buckner. All right. Are you about ready to hit those phones, Doc? It sounds like a good plan. Sounds like a real good plan. Amen. All right. Let's do it. We got uh, Sophia on line one. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, it's so good to talk to you, Bert. I'll be very fast. Now, first, I just want to make a comment. I have to tell you, your opening, Dr. Buckter, was so, to use your word, comforting. I'll tell you why, because... No matter what happens, if we're a child of God, let's say you get injured, you get sick, you get, you die even. He takes you home early. We know he has his purpose, his plan is, is perfect for us in the end. All things work together for good. So we don't have to be afraid. Whatever happens, he, we won't know until we get to heaven, but he has a reason. So that was a wonderful opening. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for the encouraging words. We know that, uh, uh, I always pray and ask God to use me to be an encourager to all of you out there listening. And that's always blesses my heart to know that uh, he has ministered to you through me. So, and thank you always for your encouraging words. Well, again, that was so wonderful. What do we have to fear? No, we may not like something, but it's all going to work out in the end. Now, speaking on this subject, actually, I have a question because Supposedly, somewhere it says something about four crowns when we get to heaven, or rewards. And I don't understand this idea, because we're supposed to be saved by grace alone, not our works. But apparently, there's something we're supposed to do before we go to heaven 
in order to get these rewards. Now, I don't need a reward because to be in heaven with Jesus, I'll just go pick figs. He likes figs if the tree isn't cursed. So I go pick figs. But maybe we want a reward. I don't know what this reward means. I don't think they mean literally crowns, but maybe you can explain what that means. Yes, that's a very good question. Um, well, you know, uh, God has set up rewards uh, in many aspects of life. Uh-huh. Um, it's almost like if you can think about it in relationship to even um, uh, people who have children, uh-huh. you know, when, when a child uh, does right uh, with their father and mother, uh-huh. uh, you know, parents oftentimes will say, you will be re- rewarded for good behavior, but uh-huh. you will be also, there will be consequences for bad behavior. Uh-huh. So uh, God has set that up in the home, uh, in the work world. You know, you get rewarded for uh, being a good worker and you get promoted. Um, even uh, in uh, school, you know, people get uh, tested for, uh, you know, studying. And then when they are faithful to studying and they work hard, they get rewarded with good grades. So God is the one that has structured and developed rewards and uh, consequences and punishment for those uh, who uh, are faithful, because it's, uh, t- Jesus tells us, and he uses illustrations throughout the Bible, if you're faithful and little, I'll bless you in much. And so uh, so he has established uh, uh, rewards, and the Bible speaks about five different types of rewards. I have done uh, teachings on this in churches. I've done workshops and that sort of thing. So um, the Lord has, uh, in Scripture, has uh, said that uh, if we're faithful, uh, we'll be over uh, many good, uh, many cities, but if we're not faithful, we will not. And uh, so God has established this sort of thing. And so in Scripture, you have, when you go through Scripture, you have like the crown of life. So these are five different ones, the crown of life. And you can see that in James 1 and 12, as well as Revelation 2 and 10, the crown of life bestowed upon those who who preserve or persevere through trials. So uh, God is going to give a reward to those who are faithful in trials, because a lot of times people under trials and tribulation, they fall and give in, but those who are faithful and little, God will bless in much. So it's known as the crown of life. And then this the incorrupted uh, crown, and that's one that's imperishable crown, and that's mentioned uh, in 1 Corinthians 9 and 25. Uh, so that's another crown, but that's a crown of uh, faithfulness uh, to God, and uh, people get uh, uh, blessed with that incorruptible crown. Uh, then um, there is a, a crown of righteousness, the number three, that the Apostle Paul talks about in Second uh, Timothy 4 and 8, the promise to those who love and anticipate the second coming of Christ and and that's what Paul did, and right before he got ready to uh, die, 
and then number four, there's the crown uh, of glory. And that is mentioned in 1 Peter 5 and 4, uh, granted to the Christian leaders. Now, when Christian leaders are faithful in their tasks and in their work, uh, then God will look at that one day and say, you've been faithful as a Christian leader, and there is a crown of glory that will come to you, and talks about this in 1 Peter 5 and 4. And then, fifthly, there's the crown of rejoicing. Uh, that's uh, a crown that those who continuously, uh, you know, rejoicing in the Lord and also reaching others for Christ uh, will be rewarded because we will be rewarded for our faithfulness and, and serving as well as uh, reaching others in the kingdom of God. And we see this in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 19 and Philippians 4 and 1. So everything that God has established here on earth, he's based it upon works and faith and works. We also, that's why James said faith without works is dead. And it talks about in uh, 1 Corinthians 3 that he talks about the Apostle Paul gives a comparison between uh, gold, silver, and precious stone. If our lives are built upon that, there will be rewards. But if our lives have been built upon the other three, wood, hay, and stubble, from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that you will suffer loss. I mean, what loss of what? Not loss of your life, but loss of rewards. And then 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, we must all appear before the bema, the judgment seat, that every man will be judged on his works. So, yeah, God wants us to uh, labor here on earth and be faithful in our work to him. And when we are, we're laying up rewards because God has established rewards in every aspect of life, not only just in the church, but you look at every uh, aspect of life and people will be rewarded upon how uh, dedicated and faithful they are. So hopefully this has given some more insight into your question. Well, that was fabulous. I'll just take one more second to say I'm, I'm very emotional at the moment. I can't even say in the words I want to, but I am so grateful to God. I pray all the time for contending for the faith. But every week, you never let me down. You and Brother Gary are so anointed, and, and your word means so much to me. It's the high point of my work because you open the word of God to me in a way every single time I hear you. It's like a flower opening even more petals. And thank you so much, and God bless you both. <laughs> God bless you as well. Thank you so much. We we'll always get encouraged, Brother Gary, by mm-hmm. that sister. We appreciate her and appreciate her faithfulness and her hunger to learn. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing when we see people that want to learn and they're asking questions. And we know that on Contending for the Faith, we always are faithful to, to doing that. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Such a blessing. All right. Yeah. We have uh, Cece waiting online, too. Cece, how you doing, my brother? I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm doing good. All right. All right. How did, how did the message speak to you tonight? We always like to hear how it ministered to you. Spoken miscellaneous different ways, but um, I'll just hit on um, a few because I know other callers listening. Um, I like when you talked about the omniscience of God, enough to take God by surprise, because that's something I always ponder on when, when stuff happens that 
because like you said, sometimes we we get surprised, but God knows that's going to happen. You know, just like the coronavirus, it's, everybody got surprised, but God knew that was coming before even, you know, like you said, you said our missions and that he knows all things. And also like that you said about him being omnipotent, that he's powerful, that everything may seem out of control, but he's in control and that the devil's not in control. I like that. And then I like how you said about him being the alpha and the mega. You said not only was he the beginning and the end, but you said he's in the middle. I've never heard nobody say that before. Amen. But praise the Lord. We're glad uh, for you to say that because uh, that is so true. Uh, I don't hardly hear that many preachers say that as well, that uh, what about preaching about the middle? You know, he's not only <laughs> in the beginning and the end, but what about the middle? He's doing something in the middle too. You know, he's not just leaving the middle alone and leaving it to itself. Uh, amen. Well, you, you gave some real good feedback. We really appreciate that as always. Um, Gary, do we have enough time for his question before we go to the commercial or, uh, yeah, we do have two minutes. Okay. Well, let's, uh, get your question and then, uh, I'll try to, uh, deal with that. What's, what's on your heart? I want to ask you what you what is your uh, what is your intake on um, when the barbarians besieged the city of Rome? Oh, good question. Have you ever done any study in this area yourself? Uh, yes, I have, but I know you always I know you always, of course, know a lot more than I do know. So you know you you go you go pretty deep and talk. You, you bring things up that you know people usually don't mention. That's why I want to ask you. Amen. Let me hear what you came up with. And then uh, when we come back from the commercial break, I'll uh, add more to that. What did you come up with your study in terms of the barbarians besieging Rome? Because this is a real uh, interesting topic. And uh, I've done a lot of study on this. Uh, what, what, just tell us in a few words, what have you studied? And then I will put add more meat to that. What did you come up with? Well, I know the, the, the barbarians that came out of um, Greece, and they um, besieged the city of Rome, and they conquered Rome in 410 A.D., and they were uncivilized uh, barbarians. Um, they didn't speak at that time. They didn't speak Greek. I know Alexander the Great, who was born in 356 B.C., came, and he um, brought Greek culture philosophy to the world at that time, and um Hellenized it, and the barbarians were a major threat to the to the Romans. And then you know, and um, Paul uses that, and he said he was a you know that he was was a debtor to the wise and unwise. He speaks of the uh, barbarians, which were non-speaking; they didn't speak Greek. But mm -hmm. he he basically broke it down, you know, that he was um, indebted to both groups, wise or unwise, and the barbarians were just just a group. Of people that I, if I can uh, add to that, was just uncivilized and even some known as looked at as animals. Very well said. Uh, very good. Uh, yeah, I'll add some things to that. You've done some good homework on that, and uh, let's use that as an, an opening. And then when we come back, I'll just add some more things to what you said. All right. Well, it's time okay. for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, a pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the coast, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we just want to encourage you to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith and continue to be faithful and partner with us financially to keep this ministry going. It costs us 400 a week to do this broadcast. And it is a listener-supported ministry, and it is a prayer-driven ministry. We need both aspects to keep this thing going. And uh, we just want to encourage you. We thank you so much for your faithfulness over the many years, particularly those of you who have partnered with us to, to provide uh, the necessary income to, to pay for this broadcast. It's so vital, and it's so important, and you're such a blessing, and we can't thank you enough. Uh, we're caught up, and we're thankful for that, but we want to stay caught up. So we want to encourage you. Please be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Number one, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It'll be that simple, so easy to to give with just the press of a button, and you're going to touch lives. So it's, it's a vital thing. It's an important thing, and it's an amazing thing that God would use us all in partnership to change lives, to save lives for eternity. So we can't thank you enough. We want to encourage you to continue to pray and continue to give. Also, we want to remind you that Dr. Buckner will be speaking at the Paradise Baptist Church located at 9670 Empire Road, Oakland, California, on Sunday, February 13th at the 8 and 11 a.m. services. Uh, He will also be speaking the following Tuesday and Wednesday night, that's February 15th and 16th, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. One of the topics will be on the Black Hebrew Israelites. So again, that's the Paradise Baptist Church, 9670 Empire Road, Oakland, California, 94603. On Sunday morning, February 13th, both services, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., And then Tuesday and Wednesday, the following Tuesday and Wednesday, February 15th and 16th, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. You won't want to miss it. All right, Dr. Buckner, let's get back to Cece. Let's do that. Uh, Brother Cece, you still there? Yes, yes, I am. Oh, good, good. Well, we were talking about the barbarians and besieging Rome. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done any study um, on the five major barbarian tribes. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. Yeah, you may want to look into that. Uh, in Europe, there were five major barbarian tribes, the Hans, the Franks, the Vandals, the Saxons, and the Goth. And all of them uh, hated Rome. Each of the barbarian tribes wanted to destroy Rome. And a lot of the things that you said is right on target already, but just to add to that, um, the uh, Romans now, they they fought the barbarians at the border of the Roman Empire 
for many years. In some cases, barbarians became part of the Roman Empire. And this was kind of like uh, always a battle because uh, sometimes they would disguise themselves uh, in the Roman Empire and they would get themselves into it. It's kind of like almost like uh, terrorists today, uh, 9-11, then they, they came into the United States, uh, knew, uh, got educated, knew how to fly planes, and then they were into the United States to destroy us. Well, the barbarians were always trying to disguise themselves to get within the Roman Empire to destroy it, just like the terrorists uh, want to do to the United States. And what's so scary about the border right now is that uh, there's no uh, guidelines, no, uh, you know, uh, checkpoints or anything, and people are just coming in left and right under this new administration. And... Uh, terrorists coming over, gang people. They stopped the guy about a month ago and he had a medical uniform on and they thought the guy uh, was a medical, a, a medical person. And they found out that he was a terrorist and he was on his way to destroy America. And we can't imagine how many people have gotten over here from Afghanistan when that flood of people came over and we got so many gang bangers and drug people and drugs coming over here from China that goes over to Mexico and then it comes over to the United States. Now, now in some cases, the barbarians, like I said, became part of the Roman Empire. Uh, and that became a real frightening thing, uh, not knowing who is who. It's kind of like the, the devil always mixes himself with, with the company. And we got people, even churches like that, they come into church and what do they want to do? self-destruct. It's kind of like when uh, people came out of Egypt, uh, it took the Lord one night to get the children of Israel out of Egypt and it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. But yet some Egyptians came along and they reaped havoc and got them to influence to build that calf. Uh, so in, in, in other cases, uh, they fought wars and eventually sacked the city of Rome, the barbarians bringing about the end of the Western Roman Empire. Uh, what did the Romans do? I mean, they really woke up and said, these people are some very dangerous people. And what did the Romans do the barbarians, to the barbarians? They were forced to surrender their weapons, renounce their loyalty to their tribal leaders, and commit a certain number of fighting men to the Roman legion. So they uh, really uh, killed many of them, and many of them surrendered, and many of them even became a part of the Roman legion. Now, uh, when we use the word uh, barbarians, uh, like you said, they were uncivilized people, not speaking the same language, Greek language. And then, so uh, Paul had a compassion for uh, all the lost, including the barbarians too. And I want to say this, I, I don't want to uh, call people barbarians, but there are a lot of people in the United States and worldwide that's living like the barbarians. When we see the way people, uh, the way uh, so many people are living today uh, in our world, uh, they they live like barbarians. They act like barbarians. They uh, treat the United States like they are barbarians. And so, but God has a great compassion for 
those who are barbarians and those who are not. That was Paul's mentality, that God uh, wants all men to be saved, that all men come to know Jesus, and that every knee would bow, and every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So anyway, uh, hopefully uh, some additional insight I've uh, given to you, especially uh, studying the five major barbarian tribes, uh, you would get some additional insight doing that. And hopefully that's added some, uh, uh, you know, icing on the cake for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You gave me a lot more than what I expected. Thank you. That added on to what, uh, you know, you know, what I've learned. That, that, that helps us fill out a lot of things and we'll continue to do more research. Thank you. Oh, you got it. And what's your prayer request? We always want to pray for your family and get an update on what's going on. We all. I also want to say I appreciate the Lord uh, putting on your heart to have compassion and uh, prayer for the uh, the celebrities and people that are uh, well known because they really need the Lord and they can have a great influence upon. Uh, Christianity. So I appreciate always your compassion and prayer for them. So uh, what's on your heart? Uh, thank you. For, thank you for the sentiment. Um, I just pray for uh, my mother, Rosa Linda. She's uh, having problems with her blood pressure and a little in her health. Just want to pray for that. And my dad and then the rest of my family, if you can lift them, um, continue you know, to list, list up my family. And then, um, of course, again, like you said, um, to those who are in the entertainment world, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that prayer request. We'll have Brother Gary to lift those prayers up right now. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you once again for Brother Cece. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless him, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in his life, Lord God, that you help him and continue to bless him as he grows in wisdom and knowledge of your word, that you would use him mightily to share that wisdom and knowledge with the loss, Lord God, that you bring people into his life that need to hear it, that you bless him with the opportunities to share it. And we pray for his mother, Rosalinda, that you would touch her body, especially in regard to her blood pressure. Pray for her dad and the rest of his family, that you would protect them and keep them all. And we lift up these celebrities. We lift them up, Lord God, people like Will Smith, who are struggling in their marriage and are caught up in things that um, the, the world is celebrating. And we just pray, Lord God, that these folks would come into a saving knowledge of you, that you would bring people into their lives, that you'd help them turn their radios and tune their TVs to the appropriate message that would lead them to a saving knowledge of you. And we'll be careful to thank you, praise you, and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your call and your question and uh, your prayer request. God bless you, brother. Keep on studying. God bless you guys, too. Thank you. All right. All right. Oh, well, uh, Brother Gary, look like we got a little time here to, uh, there's a, <clears throat> Alfred, uh, bring us the date on Alfred so we can yes. pray around that. Alfred uh, wants prayer around him finding a new church. His current church is in the process of closing down and merging with another one, and so he's on the Look out for uh, a good church and wants prayer on that aspect. Well, that's a good thing, you know, Alfred. It's a blessing to be connected with a community of believers 
the body of Christ and looking for a new church. And uh, there's a lot of people that are churchless, and that's not what the Lord wants in our lives. That's why he tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, that don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Uh, so we need to be uh, connected, you know, in a fellowship. Uh, and uh, Why don't you give them that acronym for well? Oh, yes. Uh, well, uh, that's a good, good point. Uh, well is where, you know, you get involved with a church that is involved with worship. I'm going to give you a few of them, then I'll let Gary give you a uh, a, a few as well, the, the conclusion ones. But mm-hmm. the first one is that for the acronym for well is worship, that you need to be involved with a good worship service that is worshiping God. Uh, and that's so uh, important in our lives that we are connected to all of that good worship. And then the E, uh, I used to use that for uh, one aspect of evangelism uh, and exhortation. Uh, but uh, I, I believe that we can kind of like bring those two together. That is an evangelistic church uh, and, uh, you know, and involved with exhortation uh, in our lives. And uh, then there's a, um, you want to give the last two, Gary? Yeah. <clears throat> well, we want to make sure that it is um, a learning church. Mm-hmm. It's a church where people are growing in God's word, where people yes. are taking time to study the word of God. And the final L, you want to be in a loving church mm-hmm. because love <laughs> is, is the most important aspect. Paul says, if we don't have love, what do we have? We're a tinkling uh, symbol, a clanking gong. We, we we need love, and so you want to be in a church that that has all four of those attributes, and that's what you want to look for in a church. Because I think it's also important that you know you get when you go to a new church when you when you're looking at a prospective church, you want to get a statement of belief as well. What do they believe? You know, they should have that in some kind of literature. You want to make sure that you are, in fact, in a Christian church that believes in the fundamental uh, doctrines, because you might end up somewhere where it's a a oneness Pentecostal situation, where they deny the Trinity. You might end up in some kind of strange situation where they're using the same words that we use. You know, uh, this is church. This is the Bible. This is Jesus. But it's another Jesus. It's another Bible. It's a whole other aspect. It's and it's all um spurious so you got to be careful and 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 use wisdom and so I always say get get that statement of belief and make sure that it lines up with the word of god that is so true brother gary well said and you know and to add to what you're saying is that sometimes you can go to a church and it can have a real good worship service and people get excited over that uh but it can lack in the other areas, or mm-hmm. it can be a loving church, but not a learning church. And right. It be, uh, it, so it can have one quality to the exclusion of the other, but you got to have all of those qualities. You got to look for all of those qualities in the church in order to have a dynamic, faithful, 
clear picture of what the body is, of Christ is all about. All right. Well, I hear the music playing in the background. So, Lord, we just lift that up for uh, our brother Alfred, that you would touch him and lead him to, to the right place. And, uh, well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers uh, until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.